Let us walk like you through life. Let us mirror you forever. Strong and noble, meek and mild, peace and love be our endeavor. Walk in us through our world. Make it ready for the Lord. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schoenstatt Way of Life podcast. I'm your host, Julia Monin, author of The World is Noisy, God Whispers books. As always, it is a blessing to be with you for this episode that will be released in February of 2024. Happy Lent, everyone. Uh, a couple days ago, this will be released on the 18th. On the 14th of the month, uh, we began the sacred season of Lent with Ash Wednesday. So we are in the season of Lent now, and I welcome you to it. With that being said, I'm going to kind of um, talk a little bit. This is going to kind of be a piggyback episode of what we what I kind of started talking about uh, last month in the episode, The Pierced Heart of Mary. I believe that is what it was called. And anyway, we talked a little bit about like... Um, having some intentionality behind our Lenten practices and what the Lord might be wanting to do in the life of our souls as we as we spend this time in preparation and healing and, and greater conversion. Um, and I want to offer you another perspective that perhaps um, might, um, yeah, that might even bear even more fruit in your life. Um, and I know after I, after I heard it myself, after I recorded that last episode with you, it was like peace just invaded my soul. Like, ah, that makes so much sense. And so I want to share that wisdom with you. Um, But before I do, let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God by opening with prayer. We'll pray that whole prayer I began with, which probably sounded familiar to you, the imitation of Mary. Let's begin our today's show with that prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us walk like you through life. Let us mirror you forever. Strong and noble, meek and mild, peace and love be our endeavor. Walk in us through our world. Make it ready for the Lord. Think in me, O Mother, that my thoughts be clear and bright. Speak in me, O Mother, that my speech be true and right. Work in me, O Mother, my work is then well done. Then holy is my labor, my rest a holy one. You penetrate my being, fill every part of me, that all your ways and conduct in me each one can see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Of course, that is a prayer of our founder, Father Joseph Kentonick, and just a a, a reminder of what, you know, the essence of of the charism of this movement and and why Schoenstatt was was birthed into the world. Um, As I I was given a book... um, Thank you, Susan, by the way, if you're listening to this, for the book uh, Sursum Corda. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not a Latin expert, but it is beautiful. Um, The Latin phrase for lift up your hearts. She gave me that book uh, not too long ago, and I've just been slowly kind of working my way through it. Um, But in this book, it mentions in the introduction that our Catholic faith offers us countless possibilities of learning how to embrace the message of our Lord. I think we'd probably all agree with that. Our Catholic faith offers us countless possibilities of learning how to embrace the message of our Lord. Yes, so true. And then it continues, Schoenstatt highlights the way in which Mary embodied the gospel and lived out of an intimate, personal, covenant relationship with our Lord. Okay, so our Catholic faith offers us countless possibilities of learning how to embrace the message of the Lord. What's specific to Schoenstatt then? What does is, what is, what is Schoenstatt offer us? Schoenstatt highlights the way in which Mary embodied the gospel, the way in which Mary lived out of this intimate, 
personal covenant relationship with our Lord. In very simplistic terms, that's the essence of the movement, right? The purpose of the movement is is to become, um, to grow in our union and our likeness uh, with our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, by growing in our relationship and our likeness to his mother, right? Who fulfilled the covenant demands of her life perfectly because she's the only one of us who is without sin. And so we look to her as our teacher, as our role model, as our guide. Um, And again, how did she live out this intimate, personal covenant relationship with our Lord. In in Shunstadt, Shunstadt highlights that reality of our faith of we can go to Our Lady um, and we can draw drawing closer to her and t- closer to imitating her virtues and her likeness will help us grow in our relationship with her son and will help us imitate his virtues and his likeness. So again, that's probably a reminder to you, but as we think about like what, what it is the Lord might want to be uprooting in the lives of our souls this Lent, as we've taken on some extra um, prayer, penances, all giving, fasting, right? All to, to try to help cooperate with the grace that is at work in the lives of our souls um, so that we can be freed from the things that enslave us, so that we can become detached and, and walk as the free children, the beloved sons and daughters of our God, who we were created to be. As we do these things, and again, I think I talked about that in a little bit more detail in the last episode, so I'm not going to go into it again today, um, but I want to offer you a perhaps another perspective, another way of looking at this. Sometimes we can get so overwhelmed, so beat up, so discouraged um, by the reality that we are so far from the Lord. And the truth of the matter is, is the, the more we grow in our closeness to the Lord, um, the more we realize how far we are from him. Um, and that's not meant to discourage us, um, but as we come grow in self-knowledge and as we grow in humility and as we grow and we we rediscover um, the, the truthfulness of who we are, um, and in so doing, we see more and more of the beauty of who God is and who we obviously are not. It, it feels like that. It feels like, man, we, we've barely just begun, um, right? I think, was it St. Thomas Aquinas, who, of course, one of the greatest minds that in, in the history of all of the church that our Lord has has gifted to Holy Mother Church. And I believe it was, I believe it was him, if I'm remembering this right, who on his deathbed, um, you know, just you know, had this vision of the Lord, or maybe it was when he was close to to dying, but he had this vision of the Lord and, and you know, realized everything he had wrote up to that point, everything that he tried to convey about the goodness of the Lord, everything that he tried to say was nothing, it was straw, right? And and that's, I guess, the reality of what I'm, what I'm trying to point out is that as we come to see how good God is and how how good his truth is and how, how beautiful his beauty is and how deep and everlasting his love and his mercy is, um, we come to realize how small we really are. And again, that's not meant to discourage us, but it should encourage us. But it, that is the reality. Um, but anyway, it can become it can become discouraging if we let it become discouraging, if, if we let that be, become like an, an impure sort of desire in our heart. Um, and man, we're never just going to, we're never going to get there. Well, in a way, we're not supposed to, right? This isn't about just us achieving some goal. And if we do all of these right things, and then we're detached from everything that we've become attached to over the, these years, if we've unlearned all the things that we need to unlearn, all the lies that we've believed over the years. If we we unlearn all of that, we pre- replace it all with this truth. Well, then we've made it, and we can just kick our feet up and and say that's it, and I'm 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 checking out from here on out. Right? That's not 
the purpose of our lives of faith. Um, instead, we are meant to grow continuously in this ever conversion of our hearts, of our minds, of our bodies, of our souls, that we're growing so much in this union and likeness of him, right? Um, and so it shouldn't be this discouragement of, ah, I'm never going to get there. Instead, we should become people who are more and more walking in this peacefulness of knowing um, that we are beloved, that we are loved by God who created us and sharing that love with others. And so another way to possibly look at this in terms of when we're looking at um, you know, Lent in this time of preparation, in this time of greater healing and conversion, instead of looking at it like, okay, here's what I need to cut out because it's obviously what I'm attached to. And then we can get discouraged. We can even become obsessed about that. Um, we can get anxious about the reality that we're not there yet. We can get mad at ourselves because every time I go to a confession, I have to say the same thing, right? And we and this can become just such a, we can be so defeated in this. So maybe perhaps another thing, if, if that's you, if you've become so defeated in, in your endeavors, um, in your strivings for him, maybe instead of setting your focus on what do we need to cut out? What do we need to detach from? Um, let's look at the the positive. What is the thing that needs to happen positively? What needs to happen is we need to invite Christ in. So maybe focus less on what do I need to uproot and more on how can I bring him in even closer? Because as the Lord becomes more and more who we are, as as the presence of him who, who dwells in our souls, right? Who dwells in 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 who we are, Christ is alive within us. As that becomes more and more awakened, and the light of who He is um, is able to shine more and more, then the natural thing that will happen is He will push out the darkness more and more. So maybe um, change your perspective ever so slightly if you've become a little anxious or worried or just defeated about what else do I have to uproot for my life? I'm never going to finish this. Instead of looking at it like that way, um, perhaps look at it like, how can I invite Christ in? How can I let his light shine more and more so that eventually, as God wills, when God wills, the darkness will be slowly but steadily pushed out of the life of my soul. So again, we're kind of, we're talking about the same thing. The goal at the end of it is still the same. Become detached. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But again, maybe changing your focus from what do I have to uproot and get rid of? How can I invite Christ in? Knowing that as I invite Christ in more and more, as I receive him more and more, the darkness will be banished more and more, right? Because darkness cannot survive in the light. So again, this is not like earth-shattering things to think about, but it is a different perspective. And it was shortly after I recorded that last podcast that I heard that in a homily, um, thank you, Father Father Michael, probably not listening, but thank you. Um, but anyway, I heard that in a homily and I just went, oh, yes, that makes so much sense. Um, so anyway, um, let that wisdom, and I, I later thanked him for that, and he said he got that from someone else as well at a, at a retreat he was on. So again, we'll just keep sharing this wisdom, this goodness of our Lord. How can we invite Christ in? And going back to where I began with what what is our charism? What is um, what is it about Schoenstatt that that Schoenstatt offers to uh, to the church in terms of these countless opportunities we have that the Catholic faith gives us to embrace the message of a Lord? What's unique to Schoenstatt? Schoenstatt, of course again, as I said, highlights the way in which Mary embodied the gospel and lived out of an intimate, 
personal covenant relationship with our Lord. Intimate, personal covenant. And we've talked about this theology behind covenant before, right? Covenant is way more than just a contract. It's not. It's just not like, okay, I'm going to promise you certain things and you're going to promise me certain things and here are the expectations moving forward. As good as a contract is or good as a contract can be, a covenant is an exchange of persons, an exchange of selves, right? Um, I will be their God. You will be my people, right? We give our hearts to the Blessed Mother. She gives our hearts to her, to us in return. All why in our covenant of love? Why do we do that, right? So that we can grow and we can live out our covenant with God that we have entered into by virtue of our baptisms with greater zeal, with greater purpose, with greater mission, with greater faithfulness. So we make this covenant of love with the Blessed Mother. We strive to imitate her in this intimate, personal covenant relationship that she has with our Lord. And in so doing, we grow in our covenant relationship with the Lord as well, in this intimate, personal covenant relationship with with God. So my, it's not advice, but my, um, my thoughts this month are, Uh, just some questions for us to ponder as we continue and as we journey through this season of Lent. What can we do to invite Christ in? What can we do to invite Christ in, in greater and greater ways, so that in time, his light will slowly dispel and eliminate the darkness that is in our hearts? And again, looking at uh, the beauty of the movement, how do we imitate our Blessed Mother's virtues and her way of doing this? And I know we've talked about this in the past as well, but of course in scripture, we get time and time again, Mary took all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. She took all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. This morning um, in in the beautiful state of Ohio, we got some snow here yesterday and I went to mass earlier this morning and uh, not going to lie, the roads are pretty bad. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have been on them. Um, got there, got there, fine. Um, But somehow they got worse on my way home, Um, so much so that I was definitely swerving all over the road at one point, and uh, by the grace of God, somehow got corrected and and back on the straight and narrow. But the closer I got to home, the slower I I realized I needed to go to remain safe and to get home safely. And then that reminded me of when I was learning to drive, and of course, driving in Ohio, snow is like this. This is a reality. Ohio winters often have snow, um, and I can remember my dad teaching me how to drive. Um, you know, those so many years ago, and the one piece of advice that he had about driving in snow was so simple. I have, I have one thing to tell you when it comes to driving in in snow. He said, "Don't be in a hurry." And that's such simple advice, but it's so true, right? Like there's not there's not like these tricks of the trade of like how to be a really great driver in the snow. The reality is, is you just need to slow down. You need to be more intentional. You need to drive slow. And when it, then the worse it is, the slower you need to go, right? Um, and, and that can be agonizing. I know it was for me because I was only going 30 to begin with, but I'm realizing as again, as I got closer to home, I need to go even slower than that. So was barely hitting the 20 mile per hour mark as I was getting my way home. But as I was doing that, and as I was thinking about being on this show with you, um, 
this month and thinking about what what perhaps we were going to talk about, it, it occurred to me that there is a connection there with how we imitate our Blessed Mother and how we invite Christ in to the, to, into our hearts so that his light can push out the darkness, right? Kind of changing our perspective of what do we need to root out, right? To how can we invite him in and how can we imitate our Blessed Mother's virtues in doing that, which, you know, to be a little merry in the world, which is which is part of the essence of of this movement and what and, and the beauty of it, right? So I realize there's a connection there because Mary does take all of these things. She ponders them in her heart. She walks with the Lord. And I am saying this slower to make a point. Perhaps all we need to do in order to allow Christ into the depths of our souls in greater and greater ways, allow his light to slowly push out and uproot the darkness that has taken root and festered and is growing in us, maybe the only thing we need to do is slow down. Slow down. Maybe we need to get better at receiving. Shout out to my dear friend Katie, who was just having this conversation with me yesterday. I'm going to spend the season of Lent just receiving. Not so much output, you know. She's a great minister, a great servant of the Lord. Not so much output. Not so much, okay, I need to go here. I need to do this. I need to do that. Just how, I, I feel like he's just asking me to just receive right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. And guess what? That takes a lot of courage to one, admit that, and to do, to two, slow yourself down enough to actually allow it to happen. It's easy to move all the time, to jump from one thing to the next. We get burnt out and we get overwhelmed and we we do lament about it, um, complain about it, you know, oh, I'm so busy, I have this and that and the other. But it is a choice that we are making to be that busy. It's a choice. Um, the only thing that's going to slow us down is an act of the will for us to say, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to have to be more intentional about what I say um, no to so that I can make sure I have time to say yes to the things I need to say yes to. And so ponder all that. Walk with our Lord and with our Lady throughout the remainder of this journey of Lent. Slow down. Maybe that's all that's needed. Maybe that's all that's needed. You're pushing, pushing. I can't figure this out. I'm struggling with the same thing over and over and over again. Maybe it's just time to slow down. Slow down. Slow down enough that you are intentional, that your your the tires on your van aren't slipping all over the snowy roads, right? that you can receive whatever it is the Lord wants to give you. Of course, always, as always, um, keep your soul in that state of grace. Make a return to the sacrament of reconciliation. If it's been a while since you've been there, receive the healing power of his mercy, of his love, and of his forgiveness, and stay united with him in the sacraments of the church, feeding on him in his body and in his blood um, at mass and in the sacraments. Um, and trust, trust that you are exactly where he wants you to be. And maybe this season is a time for you to, instead of doing more, just in some paradoxical way, doing less. And I'll let you dissect that and discern that and ponder about that with the Holy Spirit in terms of what that means in your life right now. But as always, it was a gift and a blessing and an honor to be with you. Um, thank you for tuning again in again this month. Um, and I'll be with you again next month as we see and as we uh, as we see what the Lord has in store for us, what he unfolds before us, and ponder about the ways he might be drawing us into something more and more.
And so let's end as we began with this beautiful prayer, the words of our our founder, this imitation of Mary. As again, we call to mind everything we talked about today, um, Schoenstatt highlighting, highlighting the ways in which Mary embodies the gospel and lived it out in an intimate, personal covenant relationship with our Lord. What does that mean for us? How can we grow in this intimacy, in this personal covenantal relationship with our Lord? How can we imitate Our Lady's virtues and in so doing, imitate Christ's virtues? And what does that mean for us to invite Christ in so that he, his light, can push out and drive out the darkness? Might be as simple as slowing down. And so very intentionally, a little bit more slower than what we did in the beginning, let's pray together as we close this episode, The Imitation of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us walk like you through life. Let us mirror you forever, strong and noble, meek and mild. Peace and love be our endeavor. Walk in us through our world. Make it ready for the Lord. Think in me, O Mother, that my thoughts be clear and bright. Speak in me, O Mother, that my speech be true and right. Work in me, O Mother. My work is then well done. Then holy is my labor, my rest a holy one. You penetrate my being, fill every part of me, that all your ways and conduct In me, each one can see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.